If you're enjoying this content and you want to go deeper, we have an amazing resource that we want to tell you about. It's the intentional film series, Raising Passionate Jesus Followers. Now, this is an incredible tool for you for spiritual formation in the family. And we created this film series to help parents in their God-given task to raise and disciple their own children. Now, our hope is that we're able to help you and give you some of the tools that I know we so desperately need as we're in the process of raising our kids and Phil and Diane have actually raised their kids. This is a nine session film series on the process of what raising a passionate Jesus follower actually looks like. There's some workable solutions in here. There's a bunch of wisdom from the scriptures and there's a bunch of practical help in your journey as you are raising your children. We cover all sorts of things like parental roles, goals versus values. What is discipline versus punishment? How do I create a heart of obedience in my child where they actually want to obey? What is a heart of self-control look like? Or how do I even help my child in the process of character development? We cover that and so many more things. You can use this film series in a variety of ways. You can use it at your home, preferably with your spouse if that's applicable, with a group of friends or in your community, or even through your local church. All you need to do is head over to our website, intentionalparents.org, click on film series, and then follow the prompts. We have a bunch of other resources there that you can check out, but we do pray that this blesses you in your pursuit of raising passionate Jesus followers. Welcome to the Intentional Parents Podcast. Intentional exists to help parents in their God-given task to raise passionate Jesus followers. We exist to bring hope, help, and healing to families. Each week, we will talk about anything from parenting, marriage, lifestyle, and what it looks like to follow Jesus in our time. Intentional is made up of Phil and Diane Comer and Brooke and Elizabeth Moser. I am Brooke, and the funny thing is, we are all family. Elizabeth is Phil and Diane's daughter, so we're a family figuring this thing out together. We hope this podcast feels like you're sitting with us in our home talking about how to do this thing called life together. Elizabeth and I are your hosts. Let's get into this week's podcast. Welcome back to the Intentional Parents Podcast. And uh, today we are going to start covering the four questions that your children are asking even if you don't know it or not. And we're excited to get into this topic. Uh, before we do, we just want to remind you and say thank you to everybody who has been rating and commenting on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And as we mentioned last week, we're in a space where we all submit to the grand al algorithm of things. And the more you rate and comment, the more our podcast gets in people's uh, feeds. And so we would just love your help in reaching more people. And that's really our hope. You don't need to rate it for our sake, but rather to uh, get this word out about intentional. So that said, we have a goal. It's kind of a big one, but by uh, June 1st, we'd love to get to a thousand uh, ratings. So um, please, you can give us whatever rating you want, but we would love for you to just take a minute even right now and pause and rate or comment the pod on the podcast. And we would just so appreciate that. So thank you for everyone that's done that. And uh, I know it's it's been a huge help. So today, four questions your children are asking you and uh, there's a quote that this kind of launched us, this topic um, today, and I'm here with Phil and Diane and Elizabeth. Welcome again. How is everyone feeling today? Good. Very good. good. Before Very good. I share the, yep. Right before we hit record and right before I share this uh, 
this quote. We were just talking about Phil's besetting sins. It was a great topic. Um, (laughs) All of our besetting sins. He's not laughing. We're laughing. (laughs) He's not laughing. (laughs) But I actually appreciate it. We were even just sharing. We were talking about it and you were just like, yeah, that's something I'm still working through. (laughs) It was great. Even in your stage and age, still working through. Um, But that said, there's a great quote that we came across that uh, we want to share today. And it just kind of spun this big topic and that quote um and diane you who is this for what how do you pronounce her name simone um, she her name was simone feel and w-e-i-l but it's a german name so w is pronounced with a fee feel and she was a philosopher in the last century or early part of the 1900s and yeah. um she just had some really rare um insightful wisdom about people yeah, and the, and the quote, I won't steal the thunder, but uh, the quote is, attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. Mm-hmm. And just sit with that for a second. Mm-hmm. In our mind-boggling, but it's, yes. it sits true. With, yeah. It's, it's, tr- it's, it's true with us. Yeah. Attention. Mm. Really he- being paid attention to, noticed, seen, is the rarest. How sad is that? Mm. And purest form of generosity. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So with that, going into this this time, like, so obviously anybody listening, uh, we were just actually joking about it because before we hit record as well, I'm like doing some research on my iPad, then I'm loading something to social media for <laughs> intentional and Elizabeth's looking on her phone and uh, we were all doing our various things while, while we're, we're a, talking, while we're talking <laughs> and in a planning meeting. And we were just joking, like we're talking, we're about to talk about attention and to realize that all of us have just this parceled out attention, mm-hmm. even in, in a lot of spaces. And some people work well in that space, or maybe they've never worked any other way. So they think they work well mm-hmm. in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially as a parent paying attention to your kids, and there's really four questions that we want to go through and really respond to that your kids are going to be asking, um, especially now, especially in a divided time when our attention is all over the place. And, you know, I think it starts with, as, as we always do here, obviously just with the spirit, with scriptures, uh, God pays attention to us. Right. And mm-hmm. Diane, I know you're going to share something out of Matthew, but I think what you just shared right before we hit record was really helpful and insightful about how God actually pays attention uh, to you and to me and to our specifics. And so if you want to share that, that'd be, I think it was Matthew six, Matthew six on the sermon on the Mount. And, and Jesus is talking about how money and possessions can kind of control us. He segs right into anxiety because being controlled by money and possessions Mm. creates anxiety. But then he says some really beautiful, insightful things. He says in Matthew 6, 26, look at the birds. And we're sitting out here in my cabin in the back that has full length windows on two sides. And there's birds all over the place right now. Mm -hmm. He says, look at the birds. They don't need to plant or harvest, commute to the office or put Mm -hmm. food in barns because your heavenly father feeds them. And this is the phrase. And you are far more valuable to him than they are. And then down in verse 30, he Mm. switches metaphors to flowers, the kind of flowers that spring up in the spring, and they're just there for a few weeks, a a beautiful Mm. thing, and then they wither. He says, and if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you? Mm. 
And it just struck me that this is God's constantly paying attention to us. Mm. He knows where we are at every single moment. That's beautiful. I absolutely love that. Uh, and uh, just today, uh, in my regular read through the Bible, uh, I did not. I didn't know we we're going to do this episode. I read Psalm one thirty nine. Yes, and, yes. You know, I think every <laughs> we should all read it regularly. Yeah. But it, it's just it just oozes all the way through God's awareness of us, love for us, mm. uh, understanding of us. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if we have time to read the whole psalm, but let me just read a few verses of it anyway. Lord, you've searched me and known me. In other words, you know me, oh God. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path, my lying down. You're intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there's a word on my tongue, Lord, you know it all. You've enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain it. It just goes on and on. Where can I go from your spirit? I can't. And then down here it says, um, "My, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. We're talking about in the womb here. And in your book, they were all written the days that you ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. How precious are your thoughts to me, O God? How vast is the sum of them? If I should count mm. them, they would outnumber the sand. So when I yes. awake, I'm so yeah. it just goes on and on and on that God is, I don't think I, even as an older man, I don't really, you know, Diane asked me once, do you realize how much God loves you? And I go, well, I don't know. You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, read this is like he he's in love with. Yes. His his Kids. sons and daughters and he's yes. and Jesus Hebrews says is praying for us. Yes. So anyway, I mean we don't No, but we, you, that we can keep going on that for ages, yeah. but I think in the point you're you're making so beautifully is that God knows us intimately and and loves us. And loves us and that only comes through knowing and knowing comes through paying attention. You can't yeah. know somebody when you're looking at a screen having a conversation yeah. as yeah. as one example. And mm -hmm. I know this is obviously a very um people that are listening to this either feel uh like yep I'm I'm making steps towards paying more attention or you're feeling a sting right now. So mm -hmm. uh the point isn't to make you feel in any of these directions but to rather like just be led by the Holy Spirit through yeah. this conversation today and mm -hmm. to be encouraged and also to maybe even be exhorted a little bit like maybe mm -hmm. there are some areas in which you need to have some better boundaries for yourself and for your family but um, so the, let's just go through these four questions. So the four, mm -hmm. the first question is, do you see me? A question mm -hmm. that your children are asking you without you even knowing it is, do you see me? Mm -hmm. uh, do you see who I am? Do you see my propensities? Do you see my strengths? Do you see my weaknesses? I think it is so, so funny how kids instinctively, the, the moment I say this, everyone's going to go, yes. But it's when your kids go, uh, like our girls do this all, all of our kids have done it, but especially our younger two right now, daddy, see me, daddy, do you see me? Daddy, see me, see me do this. Do you yeah, see me yeah, doing yeah. this? Like how many times are like, yeah. do you see me twirl? Do you see me hold mm -hmm. this thing in my hand? I'm like, I, I can't be so <laughs> elated about the thing that you're holding. Like there's, there's that level where you're like, I'm just saying, yep, I see you. It's incredible. Good job. But how often do our kids ask that yes. question? Yeah. Do you mm -hmm. see me? Do you? And, and they're saying that to us in the mm -hmm. sense of like, they're trying to show off or dad, look at this. They I are. want your attention. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I'm the do only with one. Value, don't you think too? Do you do you see me enough to value who I am? Yes. And and I think also it's really important that do you see the actual me, or do you see mm. the me you wish I would be? You know, for instance, mm. I know uh, a family whose sons have pretty severe ADHD, and and 
The father is making just this heroic effort to see his children as the gifts that they are and their value, even though perhaps they those boys won't grow up to meet every expectation that that dad has. Mm-hmm. But that is seeing them and yeah. saying, this is who you are. And I, I yes. value who you are, not who I had kind of, you know, want to live vicariously through who I wished you would have been, you know? Yeah. Um, and you with Birdie, who has limitations. Mm-hmm. I feel like, Elizabeth, you do an amazing job of just seeing and valuing Birdie mm. and communicating that to her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, Brooke, as you were saying, like little kids sometimes make it easier for us because they're constantly mm-hmm. reminding us mm-hmm. to see them. But I think of my older kids, at some point they stop asking, do you see mm-hmm. me? But they still have a need to be seen. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's a greater need. It's what you're saying, mom, to see them for who they really are, not just the child you're trying to teach and train all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. That's not the kind of seeing that we're talking about. Right. It's the noticing as they get older, like what are the natural gifts that are that they have, the natural desires, the natural things that they love and saying, hey, I notice that you love to create. And Mm -hmm. I think that is just a beautiful thing about you. It's like calling it out just randomly. Mm -hmm. Or I just keep thinking of my natural tendency when I'm trying to teach my older kids, especially when I'm trying to teach them something or when they've like been super disrespectful and stepped way over the line and they know better or my natural propensity is to just come in with the hammer. Like Mm -hmm. they know better to just immediately start correcting and teaching and telling them what the consequence is. But there is such a remarkable difference when I can stop and say, hey, I see that you're really, really frustrated at your brother right now. And I understand why that was a punk move that he did. Like, (laughs) I get why you would be frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) I see why you're angry. Uh Um, I hear you. I see you. And then you can go on to, but your response to that anger was not okay. But I think that that it's such a small thing uh-huh. but it makes all the difference it's like i with my kids i watch it like let the air out of the tire of like yeah. okay they they see what my mom sees what i'm experiencing uh-huh. mm. and sometimes we have to hold ourselves back from we'll be able to get to correcting them and telling them what we would like to see different mm-hmm. <laughs> but we have to create space to let them tell us how they're feeling and to be able to communicate yeah I see that you're really sad. Mm-hmm. I see that you're really lonely. But on that note that w- of what you're saying, like how often even in psych, uh, like not even uh, in therapy, even one of the tools that we've learned that has been so effective with our children is reflecting back. Yes. So instead of trying to change the emotion, change the atmosphere, fix the problem, it's just literally reflecting back what, what they're communicating. And I see that you are really sad that this happened and just sitting there. And then I see it's really hard that you're struggling with this and it's frustrating and just saying it and then doing nothing. Like we're not fixing the problem. How Mm -hmm. often though? I mean, I know between Elizabeth and I, we've seen this with our kids where it's, it takes a couple minutes, even if they're all teary and frustrated, but they, they eventually like, they come around and all of a sudden it like de-escalates them and it literally brings them down. Like I Mm -hmm. see that you're frustrated. And the whole point of that is to let them know that we see them. 
And it, I remember when I we first had a therapist telling us about this, and I was, I was like, "Okay, this is a joke. does that really work?" I, I know they're like special play therapy. He like just reflect back. I was like, "This has got to be life a changing," especially amazing. when yeah. like both Brooke and I are natural like fixers. So when our kids come to us in any sort of emotional distress, we want to tell them all the things they should be feeling and all the ways that we can mm-hmm. help fix it. So this was counterintuitive to Brooke and I. I think there are other personality types that maybe it comes more naturally but it was to us it felt foreign and awkward Mm -hmm. at first Mm -hmm. but it has literally changed how how we talk about emotions in our house how our kids open Mm -hmm. up to us yep um and in fact open up more they open up because of that i think it was it's when they don't feel seen i know phil you you had your finger on a note here but or do, was that my Diane? wife? My wife is saying she's got something too. But yeah, yeah I, I do. I, I have another point when Are you we guys competing? are competing. No, no, we're not competing. No, competing no, no. the battle of the scriptures. No. So here, here's what's so great about that. You guys are talking about the things you've learned in you know yeah. helping your children through therapy and all. But I just yeah. love when those kind of things jive with the with way it, of yeah, Jesus. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And I just this last week. I was reading in uh, Luke 24, and I happened to bring, I, I just noticed some things about it. Um, so I started jotting down what I was seeing just in, in quick phrases. And it's the story we, we all know on the road to Emmaus. So two of the followers of Jesus yes. had just witnessed the tragedy of this man's death, of Jesus' death. They're defeated. They're feeling all sorts of wild emotions, no doubt about it. They're walking back seven miles to where they lived in Emmaus. And um, and as they were walking along, they were talking about everything that had happened to them. So they're just, I'm seeing it as they're just, they're just dumping it out to each other. And they're stuck. They, they're really stuck because this was awful. It wasn't supposed to be this way. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus joins them and he says, you seem to be in a deep discussion about something. What are you so concerned about? Mm. And then they stop short. It says sadness written across their faces. Um, and one of them replies in what I imagine is a little bit of a sarcastic way. He says, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't <laughs> heard about all the things that have happened here the last few days. Yes. And instead of like being offended or, or jumping in, he says, what things Hmm. almost like a parent who's letting their child just emote 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 and and actually being concerned you know what are you so concerned about honey Mm -hmm. and then saying to them and as they're talking that phrase that we've talked about before that is so magical for getting especially an older child to talk of tell me more Mm -hmm. when jesus said what things he was inviting them to to Tell them everything. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about, yeah. Elizabeth. Exactly the way of Jesus. As you keep going through the whole story, I would challenge you. It's wonderful. Give yourself an hour one morning just to go through and then write down the way Jesus said hard things to hurting people and mm-hmm. really saw them is so mm-hmm. beautiful. He told the yes. truth, but it was so filled with grace. Seeing them. Yeah. It's he grace saw injury. them. He didn't just blast them and mm-hmm. uh, I just had so much fun walking through this. I'm going to do it again, I think. But if it could form the way we see our children, mm-hmm. I think Jesus was letting those two followers, nameless followers, um, was letting them know that mm. he saw them. Yes, mm. I love that. Yeah, there's so much more there. You you shared a bunch mm. of that with me the other day. Yeah. But 
she's stopping. But I mean, it just goes on and on and on. I mean, he yeah. gets this conversation yes. going with, him, and then he starts pouring into them hope and life, mm-hmm. and then and then they they don't know it's him, and then they beg him to come stay with them, and then he yeah. does, and they start eating together. Yeah. And it says when they when he broke the bread, their eyes were opened, mm-hmm. and they realize it's mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. He's alive, and he vanishes from their sight. And then they say, "We're not our hearts burning within us." Yeah. And so, so yeah. that that's just a beautiful it's passage where. Jesus, who is God, is is seeing them. But I also yeah. think that a mom or dad who emulates yeah. that can actually help break open their child's heart for God to, to know that God sees them. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is what I wanted to talk about. That's my yes. little point, is that I think we need to remember as parents that we represent God to our kids. I mean, we, and especially fathers, I mean, we, we, yes. we are to represent God the Father in the way that we love them mm-hmm. and are there for them. And so obviously we want our kids to, know that God sees them, yes. but we're going to show them what that looks like by when we mm-hmm, see them. Mm-hmm. There's a connection there. Uh, and it's the kids who know, hey, my dad my dad loves me and sees me and cares about me. Mm-hmm. Then it's way easier for them to say, oh, you're telling me God sees me and cares about me too? Yes. I get that. Yes. But if as a parent, you're not doing that, and then you start trying to talk to them about how God sees them. And yeah. I mean, let's go way back to the garden, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they hid. You know, mm-hmm. but we want our kids n- to know that you can come to God so as you true. are, you know, mm-hmm. and he, you know, have to get yourself all together to make yourself presentable. You come as you are, and then he changes you into what he wants you to be. But um, so as I was thinking about this point, I got I got two scriptures that really quick. One, one's in Genesis back in chapter 16. Remember the whole drama with Sarah and her maid Hagar. Oh, and so, yes. you know, Abraham has a child with Hagar and then Sarah's yes. jealous. And so she treats her harshly and <laughs> And so she flees and she's out in the wilderness like, you know, what yeah. am I going to do now? You know, Sarah's kicked me out. And um, uh, and so the Lord appears to her and says, where you come from? And where are you going? He starts a conversation with her, same thing, and tells her to go back. And, and, and then he just starts telling her, I see you, basically. He says to her, I will greatly multiply your descendants. There'll be too many to count. You're with child. You're going to bear a son. You're going to name him Ishmael. And she's she's hearing all this when she, in her deepest moment of despair, God's saying, I see you and I'm going to speak over mm-hmm. you right now. And when she hears it all, she called on the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God who sees in mm-hmm. Hebrews Elroy. You are Elroy. You are a God who sees. And have I remained alive after seeing him? And so mm-hmm. I, I just love that story yeah. because uh, I, you know, I wrote a song a song about it when we first started the church. You know, I used to do it during communion. You're a God who sees oh, yeah. everything I need. You provide for me. Yeah. And I think we need to remember this. And then, of course, John chapter 1, when Jesus is calling the disciples to himself, he he calls Philip. And then Philip brings Nathaniel. Hey, come and see. I think this is the Messiah. Yeah. And uh, Nathaniel comes uh, and uh, and Jesus says to him, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. <laughs> and then Sandy says, how do you know me? He says, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Hmm. And that word in Greek is, I, I yes. saw inside of you. Yes. So he he saw him. So I, those are just two that came to my mind yes. of how God sees us. Yes. We want our kids to know that. Hmm. Um, but I think we have to yeah. see them and, to show and them. That reminds me of Proverbs 5, 1. Uh, my son or daughter give attention to my wisdom incline your ear to my understanding yeah. it's a both way yeah. like god sees us but we also have a responsibility to pay attention or to give attention yes. to his things to give attention to our kids to give attention to who the, who they are who they are becoming unfolding them and so i think uh 
And and again, we I think just maybe important to note, we did a whole podcast, two part podcast on blessing your children, and part of that was like, you know, mm-hmm. an extensive layout of what it actually means to see your kids and actually hand a biblical blessing. So we'll mm-hmm. put those in the show notes, but you know, go back there for more reference of what we're talking about. But when it comes to attention and when it comes to the importance of seeing your children, um, that's just the that's the first thing we wanted to mention. And and then the second thing we want to mention. Um, four questions that your children are asking. The next question is, do you care that I'm here? And oh, wow. a little similar, but I mean, you just think about that kids in so many ways. Do you care that I'm here is the way that you're setting up your life and you're setting up your time with your kids and the way that you set up your schedule. Uh, does it leave the message that you care that they exist, that they're mm. here, that you had them or are they a burden? Are they a distraction? Are they a frustration? Um, and that's a heavy question to sit in, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like, how do I actually come across to my kids? And how do I actually do that? Because in the dailiness of life, and you're trying to herd three kids out the door to get any place on time, and it's easy to just see your kids as a chore of just, you know, they're the kids. They aren't Duke and Scarlett or John Mark and Elizabeth. They're just the kids uh, there mm-hmm. and I have to get them someplace. Um, <laughs> and that's, and that's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's in those moments mm-hmm. that our kids are going to question if we care that they are here mm-hmm. and really value and cherish them. And in those moments at our worst, we are not thinking, we are not thinking about this, but I think mm. in the other moments, when you tuck them into bed at night, instead mm-hmm. of just getting bed, um, those are there are tender Don't moments. Don't look at me. Brooke's looking at me laughing. <laughs> Elizabeth the, is already sound is, asleep and this comatose. Is, this is the call I always get <laughs> when I'm gone. When if I'm gone for an evening, or if like I, I have so if I'm working late or something, it's the the kids like just the text before she's falling asleep. Scarlett's falling asleep in our bed. The girls took forever to get down. <laughs> Duke is sleeping, and and this is always the phrase. And so then and then I'll. I usually do bedtime. And so I think a couple of weeks ago or months ago, she was putting the kids to bed and she's so tired at the end of the day, obviously. And with chronic illness stuff, like obviously, mm-hmm. especially tired. So it is not like, it's no joke how tired she is. But that said, it is comical to watch her put the girls to bed because <laughs> I have this like process with them and she's, she's not, you're very loving about it. You're not unloving about it, but it's basically like, Get in bed. Good night. How fast can we do this? How fast can we do this? Because oh, like yeah. I'm gonna pass out. And I was reading the story last night to him. She wanted me to hurry up. I, she didn't even have to do it. I know it didn't even have to do with her. And she's like, "This is taking far too long." So I was just laughing because I'm like, "I think I know what the problem is, and I don't want to tell you what it is." Well, I watched so. you, but I watched you last night. You know, and you're, you know, Diana said before you're the best father she knows, which makes me mad because I thought I was. No kidding, but. That's okay, babe. Yeah. Uh, but I watched you with the girls. I mean, they, I they're in our li- they're in our bedroom on mats because yep. we don't have enough yep, bedrooms in our house. And sleeping bags and and you know yeah. I read to them and all that kind of stuff. But you're down there. You took time with them with each one individually. Your little yeah. routine, you know, and you're kissing <laughs> them on the cheek and tickling them a little bit and talking to so them. Fun. They were mm-hmm. just eating it so up. And then you yeah. went to Birdie. And I, I honestly, I'm crying right now. It's mm. like, how many kids get that? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, well, that you. that is, I see you. And what's the second point? Uh, <laughs> you matter? Do you and care, I, that, do I you care that I'm here? Yeah. Those yeah. girls know you care. 
yeah. that they're here. And and now you can. it's going to be so easy for them to say, God cares that I'm here too. Yeah, well, yeah. thank and you. That's great. If you're not a night person, like Elizabeth and I are not mm-hmm. a night person, not and you're close. not going to have um, Brooks or Phil's energy to do all the things I don't have at night, for there's the morning because I have clear memories of my dad waking me up so gently and then i to this day love to get up early before everybody else because my dad got up early before Mm. everybody else and when i got up with him yeah i knew that he cared that i was there yeah it's like my Mm. at nighttime my dad was more like Elizabeth, just go to bed already. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> I do not care that you're here right now. But in the morning, <laughs> like, he cared that I was here. And I think you just have to do what you can do. Nobody's going to get this all the time. We of don't course. have the capacity. Mm-hmm. I don't know one person. I didn't mean to pick for has all that. No, it's true. It's Absolutely. true. But I was also thinking of, you know, for somebody who's listening right now, who's just feeling like, oh, gosh, I'm a failure. I'm just mm-hmm. too distracted. And, you know, I think some of that conviction is good. But we are we are humans and we are one parent or two parents mm-hmm. with multiple children you're not mm-hmm. going to be we're not saying you need to be absolutely present with no. your kids every hour of the day no. sometimes no. it's as simple as like one of my daughters is really talkative and she always wants to come and show me things and she wants to come and tell me about it when she wants to come and mm-hmm. tell me about it and i keep finding that i'm giving her half attention mm-hmm. So I've started just pausing and saying, honey, I really care about what you want to show me. I want to see the new project that you're working on. I want to give you my full attention. But right now I'm in the middle of cleaning up the kitchen or making dinner or whatever, and I can't give you my full attention. So I would like to talk to you as soon as I'm done. And little things like that is communicating to her, hopefully, Uh hey, you're really important. What you want to tell me is really important, Uh but I can't give you my full attention right now, but I want to. Uh You're so wise to do that. I've I've picked that up from you. And Duke was in the middle of telling me some epic Marvel story from a (laughs) book the other day. Like I was, so the other day was Sloan's birthday and I'm making birthday pancakes before I'm like trying to do a thousand things. And (laughs) I'm like just trying to get out of the house and, uh, and and Duke's like slow telling me this Marvel story and all the backstory. And I'm like, son, I have to be so honest with you. I am not listening to anything you're saying. I really want to, but I can't do this and that. So can we just like put a pin in this for a minute? I got to be able to help. The girl's like, my pancakes aren't cut up. That's not enough syrup. Like, you know, you know, like my head's going. And Elizabeth was doing, I think she was on a run or something. So I'm like there and I'm just like, okay, I can't do it. And I thought, you know, and he and he was great about it. He's like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll tell you in a minute. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. So Because if, if not, if we don't do that, then they feel like they're getting a lot of half attention, mm-hmm. which is often how we're moving through our days. And me trying to be more intentional with one of our daughters like that came out of this same daughter asking me a couple of months ago that was like knife to the heart. She said, mom, if you had the choice between never your phone breaking and never being able to have your phone again and and me, what, what would you choose? I didn't know she asked this yes. question. <laughs> Maybe because I'm still processing it. Maybe I forgot to tell you. What? But she was asking me, am I more important to you than your phone? Yes. Oh, wow. And that was like, oh. I think it's time for a flip phone, babe. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> 
And oh my goodness, that was so intense. revealing that. to me. And I think that is often how a lot of our kids probably feel. This just mm-hmm. one particular child is really good at voicing those things and asking yeah. those questions. But how often are we struggling that with that even with our spouse? Like, mm-hmm. hey, look up from your phone, look at me. You know, but how much more so, mm-hmm. especially us moms and all of us, but especially as if if we are moms spending more t- more of the day with our children mm-hmm. and more distracted by our phones, sometimes for legitimate reasons like work and things like that. Mm-hmm. Other times we're just scrolling Instagram to kind of escape our reality for a minute, which are not all bad things. But if we have to have this awareness of the of attention the question they're asking yes mm-hmm. yeah and even being able to say hey i want to hear what you're saying i have to finish sending this text mm-hmm. really quick because it's time sensitive so let me finish it and then i want to yeah. hear what you have to say yeah. yeah sometimes it's as simple as that it doesn't mean we have to stop everything the no. second they need it but just communicating that extra bit to them. obviously yes. the important thing is that then you make sure you do go back mm-hmm. and say okay mm-hmm. sweetie now i have yes. time to hear yes mm-hmm. you know i can't of remember course. the quote right now i used it in a sermon once but it was this is pretty close being heard is as close to being loved for some people that the two are almost indistinguishable yeah mm-hmm. so it's i hear you means i love you yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and some children you have to invite to not all children are like the one you're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, I think I was always that child who needed to be invited to talk yeah. and to be heard because I don't have a, I, I wasn't born with an instinctual need to process out loud, yeah. a process internally. And so that's the child that will take a little more effort for some of us, you mm-hmm. know, because they don't seem to have a need to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not at least a felt need. But yeah. They do yeah. still need to know that you care that they're here. Yeah. And sometimes that's not hours of listening. Sometimes that's just stopping what you're doing and giving a hug or ruffling their mm-hmm. hair or saying thank you to them mm-hmm. for something. There's a lot of mm-hmm. quick ways to make children know that they're seen and that you care that they're here with yeah, you at sure. the moment. And I think you have to remember, I think you, Phil and I, do this really well. I know we've been having lots of chats about like, obviously in your stage of life and we all live in different cities, like yeah. how do you still give love and affection and, and deep, you know, a, a connection to your mm-hmm. grandkids mm-hmm. when like, cause our, yeah. you know, for example, we don't live in the same city, but I will say you, you have an just as good of a relationship with our kids as mm-hmm. you do with John Mark and Tammy's who live in the same city mm-hmm. as you. And to realize like that doesn't happen on accident and it doesn't Mm -hmm. always have to do with quantity of time. Uh, Most of the time it's the quality of the time Mm -hmm. that that happens. And so those, those little things like you're saying, Mm -hmm. the quality, like, do you uh, care that I'm here? Do you see me? Even as a grandparent that builds in this level of relationships and depth uh, that, that is incredible. I, Mm I was just, Scarlett is incredibly articulate as we're mentioning, but she, um, my mom came over to surprise her for her birthday. So she lives in Portland. We live three hours away and my mom comes over to surprise my daughter, Scarlett. My dad had recently passed away. And so my mom is in this whole new crazy space of life Mm -hmm. where she's been married, you know, since she was 18 years old and Mm -hmm. now she's 57 and she's a widower 
And she's trying to figure out this whole stage of life. And I'm so proud of her because she's doing it. She's like mm-hmm. driving through the snow. She's like, mm-hmm. she's going, I'm going to conquer Amazing. this. But for the last four or five years, she hasn't been able to be really present to much of any buddy or anything as my dad was dying of cancer and so Mm -hmm. she became his sole caretaker and Mm -hmm. i remember when my mom came over i i told her it's like she came over to surprise you and scarlet was like wait she drove all that way just for me Mm -hmm. and she she came over there just just because it was my birthday and and i was like yeah of course like you're of course you're that special like but but she's like i i don't know that just seems like a lot. Is that too much? Is that too? Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, that's not too much. This is the very least we could do. Like this is the very least she would want to do for you. She's going to do more. And then she in fact did do more. They went and got her ears pierced. It was like a whole thing. She had mm-hmm. such a great time, but I think it was to highlight when you step out and do those little things for your grandkids, for your kids, it doesn't always have to be a very long thing. It's, it's really looking into their world and just, giving your attention to them and doing Mm -hmm. things that communicate their language, which you have to have attention to see them if you're going to care for them. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think those two obviously bleed into one another, but I I do think that that helped me see like, wow, it doesn't always take a bunch of time to impact someone's life, your children's life, especially. It doesn't mean that if you're a busy dad, that you can't actually have a huge impact Mm -hmm. and a positive impact on your children's Mm -hmm. life. Um, obviously you, the work-life balance is important, but if there's weeks or months that are just busier than others, it doesn't mean you're, you're messing up and it's irreparable or anything like that. So to give people hope that are listening, it is, it is the quality of the time, Mm -hmm. not always the quantity. Cause I know people that are just stubborn about being together in the family and they have the worst family relationships (laughs) I've ever seen, but they're spending time together. together. Like, yeah, you're together and you're miserable. You just hate it. So anyway, uh. I'm going to move on to the third one. Any, any other thoughts before we move to the third one? No, but just the third one. Just prepare yourselves because it's going to hit you in the gun. <laughs> this is the one. Mm-hmm. So here's the third. Why don't you read it, Diane? I'd love for you to read it. Okay. <laughs> the third question your child is looking for an answer to from you is, am I enough for you? Or do you need me to be better in some way? Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> mm. Uh, I think we should end the podcast because I don't want to talk about this one. <laughs> just we'll, we'll hit the stop button there. Um, oh, th- this one's just so hard. And and why I feel like it's so hard personally is because I know it's true. Like I know that our kids are asking that question, whether they're obviously they're not articulating it. Dad, uh, am I good enough or would you like me to be better in some way? Like obviously they're not doing that, although that would be convenient. Um, what a deep thing. I, 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 I'm processing this. This is real. This is all like live processing so i don't have we were chatting beforehand mom i think you brought up like how do we tell them and communicate to them that they are enough and we don't need them to be better while also doing our job as parents of correcting Correcting. and teaching yes and helping them grow and i think that that is that's a slippery slope it does not mean that we don't ever correct them Mm -mm. and teach them and say you do you and if we don't correct them that's not love Mm -mm. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I came to Psalm, back to Psalm 139 because we were reading it and talking about it before we started this episode, and Phil was reading it, and, and it struck me that in the very last prayer that we all know, in Psalm 139, uh, 23 and 24, David is coming to God, and 
God is our father, so mm-hmm. view him as a, as the parent here. And he's also coming to God and realizing how well God knows him. And then he, he's also asking the question, am I enough for you? Or do mm-hmm. you need me to be better in some way? But he is so solid in his view of God's view of himself that he's able to have the confidence to say, mm. search me. I can just hear him saying, please search me, oh God. Know my heart. Mm -hmm. Test me. Know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you or any way of pain in me. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. So here you see a man who's so secure in the love of God, the love of his parent, that he's actually asking for correction. Mm. Hey, God, do you see anything in me that is going to come up and cause pain in my relationships Cause me to mess up in my life. And so there is a God, the Father, who corrects us, disciplines us. At the same time, he's able to make us know that we that we're enough, just mm. as we are. And then what is the saying that I've heard preachers say? But he he loves you too much to let you stay as you are. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's not an answer. Yeah. That is just me being no, but that's true. He loves you just as you are, but he loves you too much to let you yeah, stay where you are. There it is. He's going to bring is. us into everything. You, you know, and I think that you, we're separating out here the love of a parent for a child and then the behavior. Yes. Okay, so it's like, I love you, but what you just did is oh. not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And that's Ooh. okay, because, you know, the two are different. And so when you try to love them together, it doesn't work. We, uh, oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I have a little story that came to my mind. Um, you go. Yeah. So, you know, we've shared on this podcast about Bertie's story of yeah. having this rare form of epilepsy and infantile spasms. And yep. and um, Bertie is doing so well, but yeah. because of the horrible, you know, season you had to go through with the medications and the shots and the mm-hmm. leg, but you were able to stop the seizures mm-hmm. um, early on. So we were in England not a few years back and met Amon who has a, a boy who then was just turned 13, same situation, but they had not stopped the seizures. And so um, he he wasn't doing well at all. And, and, and the reason we talked to her, we actually, I actually, I actually uh, filmed her to put it on our Instagram because here's this mom. She said he sat up for the first time yesterday. This is a 13-year-old. She's been feeding him, taking complete care of him, and he wasn't even able to sit up. And then this is what what she said. She goes, but could I, with this British accent, but could I love him anymore? (laughs) And I saw the the love of a mother for a child who couldn't do anything Mm. for himself. And so I think we're we're going to love unconditionally and let Mm -hmm. our children know that you don't have to be more... (laughs) Yes. For me to love you, yeah, and separate that out from the behavior. Yeah, that's know, a that good needs to be point. So, I, well, first yeah. of all, I did not know that story that you just shared. Oh, I, I thought you I, did. I, I mean, lots of stuff happens on a day to day basis in our worlds, and we talk a lot. But obviously, I, I have I'm it just, on video. I'll show I, it. To yeah, you. I would love to see it. Yeah, yeah. Show, I would honestly love to see that later. But um, it, it was interesting to me because that it reminded me of just a a real time parental moment for anybody that's like uh, the behavior and the value piece. Um, 
we started a long time ago because I read a book about understanding like kids have to feel safe to tell the truth. And oftentimes they don't tell the truth because they don't feel safe mm -hmm. about telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I think we adopted and it's just kind of, I don't even know where it's all evolved, but basically the phrase is something along the lines of like, listen, you are safe to tell me the truth. There's consequences to actions, but you will be in far more trouble, obviously, like if you're being deceptive and lying about it, but when, but there's trust built when we're honest. And so we, with Duke, I, he's very black and white in his thinking. So the other day he was doing something and I caught him in the middle of this situation where he was like taking advantage of more time than I had given him to like, I think it was screens or something silly. It was like, he was just taking more time than was allotted to him. Mm -hmm. And so, and I knew it and he didn't know that I knew it. So I just kind of was like, Hey, uh, need to chat with you. So I sat him down. I was like, you have two options. Just, and he does this black and white. You can choose the way of dishonesty and deception. And you know where that goes, or you can choose the way of integrity. I'm going to give you a couple seconds to think about it. And I'm going to ask you a series of questions. And all I want is the honest answer. You're safe to tell me the truth, but like, I want the honest answer. And I was just so like, even though we go through this, I had no idea what he was going to say. I, cause I didn't know what he knew. And I walked into the room. He's like, Oh dad, I, I choose integrity. Uh, yeah, obviously I'll choose integrity. And so I'm going through this thing with him. And I'm asking him a series of questions and he was honest, which was great. He's very honest. And then, um, I said, so first I praised him. And one of the phrases that we say is, Hey, are you bad because you made a bad decision? And like, no, I'm not bad. Like, but you did make a bad decision and that's okay. Like you need to mm -hmm. apologize. There's consequences for that, but you're not bad because you made a bad choice. Mm -hmm. And we do, we do that a lot because I think the shame even we put on ourselves or culture puts on us, you know, yeah. um, and we can even unintentionally communicate shame to our kids, which oh, is yeah. scary to think about. Yeah. But anyway, it was really cool. Cause as I was talking to him and saying, thank you for telling me this, obviously your consequences, you're not going to have any screens for all. It's like, oh yeah, I totally understand. That makes sense, dad. And yeah, I was like, yeah. so that was cool. I was like, okay, yeah. cool. But then the other part that was really funny was he, he pipes in because we, because he knows he's not bad, but he made a bad choice. So he goes, dad, I don't, you know, I, I don't really think this was a character thing. I think this was kind of like one of those dumb adolescent things. Like I, I, I don't think this is like part of me. I just think I was making a poor choice and I'm just oh, going it. through puberty. Like he said these words and wow. I was just laughing at his, like where this had formed in his head. And then I was also really proud because I was thinking, okay, so he's actually understanding this is, he said, I don't think this is a character thing. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. whoa, like that's a big deal yeah. that he's starting to identify the character like that's not who he is yes. and so i think when we can and, and by the way that's one success story and i can give you 25 <laughs> major failures that same week so mm -hmm. uh just text me for those but i was going to say that that helped me um from what you said phil that's really true because i think you you have to still deal with the behavior you can't go uh, do I need you to be better in some way? Well, in some ways, yeah. If you're lying and hitting your siblings and being rude, like in some ways we do need you to not act that way, but who you are is enough right now. And yeah. I think the blessing episode we talked about is yeah. is really important. I had one other that. thought on this one. Can you read the point again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a long and, one. Am I enough for you or do you need me to be better in some way? Okay. What came to my mind was Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke yes. your children to anger. So when, am I enough for you? If, if you're, we provoke our kids in all kinds of ways, but with our words, like, hmm. what's wrong with you? You did that again. That all says, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. you yeah. know, will you Good ever point. grow up? How many times I have to take you with our words, yes. comparing them? Why can't, why did you, why couldn't you have been like? That's mm -hmm. saying you're not yes. enough. Mm -hmm. And then neglect, you know, what we're talking about, just too busy with our phone. So there's all kinds of ways 
That's why God says, don't do that. Instead, bring your kids up in the yes. discipline instruction. Yes. So I think, I think the answer to that is to, with the strength and power of the Lord's spirit, is to mm-hmm. do our best to never provoke our kids to anger because it, it, it will actually become mm. bitterness and anger in them because I can't please my mom and dad. Yes. I'm not enough for yes. them and they're communicating it to me. So instead, we yes. want to communicate the opposite, which yes. we've been talking about. And just for those of you like us, Phil and I, our our children are grown, they're gone, they're out of the house, they're married, and we they are asking us the same question. Am I mm. enough for you at this <laughs> stage of my life? Oh, or wow. do you somehow need me to be better in some way? And I think it's really important that at this stage of our mm. lives that we are saying, you are enough for me. I mm. I enjoy you. I, I'm proud of you. I see your accomplishments. I see your character. And and not be constantly, as I know some parents can do, put some pressure on the kids. Well, I need more from you. I need more time with you. I need more. I need you to be more responsible or give me more attention. Oh, mm-hmm. give me more oh, attention yeah. or come over more or or things yeah. like that. And I think what that does with adult kids is makes them want to flee your presence because that is just mm-hmm. so disheartening and comfortable, uncomfortable. So I think it's really important. To eat. And if you have a parent right now who's kind of communicating that to you, here's a good conversation starter. You know, it's hard. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. But most parents are going to respond well if you don't be accusing to them and just being able to say, you know, I heard this question that everybody's asking of every relationship, really, not just parents, child. Mm. And um, I I realized that we need to talk about this because yeah. I'm feeling like I'm not enough for you. But I don't even know if that's really what you're what you're thinking about. Yeah. Me. And just mm-hmm. open up a conversation to yeah, allow each other to get to. It's just a way of kind of clearing the clutter that can sometimes um mm mess up a relationship unnecessarily because you actually really love each other enjoy each other and you're hinting at each other instead of being honest you're hinting at each other that that in some way the relationship is lacking so yes i agree with that's a really great word especially for this stage and and Mm -hmm. it's hard i'm very good at hinting and very bad at just coming right out and well it leads us us to our last point which i think you're actually leading to really Uh beautifully you're connecting you i don't even know if you're meaning to but is can i tell that i'm special to you by the way you look at me Mm -hmm. um and I even think like, so what that makes me think, I'll just tell you my, my gut response to that is uh, all of the nonverbal communication. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Like, what does your face say? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have a friend who says, uh, and I, he, he gave this quote to our team once, I think it was at a church and, uh, oh, I think it was Danny. He said, um, remind your face that you are happy. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's great. <laughs> remind your face you're happy, and I think I, he was I, talking to like the worship leader. Yeah, he like, was. Yeah. He's like, remind your face that it's happy, you know. And and I, I and that's, it. but I mean, let's be real. That is a great, great reminder, and mm-hmm. it's great because even as a parent, I mean, real talk, it is really hard 
to have the pressure of everything going on in, in one person that's alive, relationships, kids, dynamics. I've, I found we I found ourselves in this yesterday. We got to your house at Sloan's birthday. Elizabeth and I are in an argument about something stupid I said <laughs> and did and then didn't apologize for quickly enough and all this stuff. And like, <laughs> she was right. I was irritated that she was right, but I didn't really want to admit it because I was like, this is so annoying. And so I have that tension with the kids and with all the needs that are going on and, and like, let's put everything aside for Sloan's birthday and we're having these deep conversations phil and diane and us for we're all talking about this deep life stuff and i'm just like i don't even know how to how does this actually work and in those moments i'm sure that my face is not yeah. not yeah. like my body language is probably not like sloan you are the most sweet special girl here's all the time i have for, you know like that's not my face but i do think that i do think the body language piece plays into this and I being aware of how you move through the world yeah and being a grump even in your exterior, uh, communicates a ton. I mean, what I don't know the percentage because I'm 90%. not ninety percent. I don't. I, well, I don't even know if that's true. I mean, yeah. that, that seems high. But I mean, even if it was seventy percent, like that ninety percent of communication is, is nonverbal. nonverbal. It's like, whoa, like that's eighty. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah let's just say true. seventy, right? Like even if it was seven, <laughs> yeah. that's 70, still a ton. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. A I don't lot. know yeah. what the quote is, but anyway, that's that's yeah. my response. I think like remind your face. That you are happy. Yes. Remind your face. You love your children. And they are special. Yeah. That's it right there. But I love that it says, um, can I tell by the way you look at me? Yeah. And I think, you know, back to even that first quote, and we are all acutely aware of how little we are actually looking at each other because we're looking at our screens. Yeah. And this infers that we are actually looking and making eye contact Mm -hmm. with our children, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that is, I mean, who doesn't feel seen when somebody stops what they're doing and yes. can locks eyes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Phil? Oh, I just had this random thought. You know, it's you, my first thought is we need to look at our kids like we used to do. Look yeah. me in the eye. Yeah. I love you. But I this verse just came to mind where, where Peter denied Jesus oh, three yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in oh, one yes. of the gospel accounts in Luke, I just had to find which one it was. I couldn't remember. It's Luke. 2261 you know after he denies him the third time and immediately while he was still speaking a cock road and the lord turned and looked at peter oh, wow mm. and peter remembered the word of the lord oh he had told him before a cock crow say you deny me three times and he went outside and wept bitterly mm. so it just says the lord turned and looked at him but we know because jesus is compassion yeah he wouldn't have looked at him. He told him, he told him, you're going to, Peter says, I'll die for you. No, actually, you're going to deny me three times. Yeah. And he he told, wow. he knew it was going to happen. So yeah. you knew that his look would have been a look of absolute compassion. So I think when our kids mess up, wow, the way we look at them oh, then, yes. mm-hmm. uh, grieving for the, for the sin and the hurt it's going to bring to them, but yeah. still with absolute acceptance mm-hmm. and love. Yeah. Because later on, he comes to Peter after he's risen and he walks, he goes, let's go for a walk. Yeah. And he says, feed my That's sheep. Really you know, so good. he, there's, there's the rest- restoration of the relationship. Wow. So, Jesus knew that was going to happen too. Wow. He's I think that's such an interesting. So I, I don't know. It just came to my great, mind. Mm-hmm. I think that's prophetic in many ways, Phil. Thank you for sharing because I think that is a great reminder because the stern scowl and frustration that comes through disappointment. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I know that this has been my story and I, I know that some will relate and some won't, but parenting out of fear is a very terrible choice. <laughs> Meaning mm-hmm. when you decide to parent, and be intense and frustrated and like, ah, uh, 
and you look back and go, what is that about? And mm-hmm. as, as I ask myself that question, a lot of the times it's because of the fear of who, what, what I assume that will lead to. It's mm-hmm. usually not a hopeful, it's fear. It's usually has nothing with God in the equation or their goodwill. It just has to do with like all of these very practical, uh, objective truths that I'm assuming in that moment that are going to play out for their life. Yeah. And then I go, I, I got to stop that immediately. That can't happen. Mm-hmm. And it's actually not of love for them. It's, it's for fear that they're going to become this person that I would be so fearful that they become because I don't want them to be that. Mm-hmm. And, and to remember to bring God into even that and to not parent from a place of fear, but to even in your frustration, do what Jesus did in that space of, of going mm-hmm. like, I'm so sad where this could lead mm-hmm. you, but I'm going to be a place of safety and rest mm-hmm. and hope and life yeah. and enjoy even in the midst of your pain. Cause even Diane, when you were sharing about, you know, your stage of life, you're thinking about, man, I, I want to be so proud of you and accept you and love you for where you're at. But I'm thinking of the the parent who has an adult child who's made a ton of choices and That's who's right. still That's right. in the middle of just like they have they're gonna have to search high and low mm-hmm. to find something to be proud of. Yeah. Um I, I think first we empathize with you. That's super hard and and that's so sad. That's not God's design. But at the same time, I think you can still find things to be proud of. Mm-hmm. Just like in your family of origin, mm-hmm. it's easy to go, they did all that wrong. We're going to do it right. Yeah. But I think you have to remember, no, no, they, there was a lot they got right, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a lot they got wrong. And there's a lot that you need to change. But that doesn't like it's never just one thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to remember that God doesn't look at us that way either. And so uh, what a great gift that we get to serve a God who like cares for us in these deep mm-hmm. ways. So wherever you're at. Pay attention. Diane, would you close us with that quote one more time? Just, I think it would, one more time. Simone Veal said, attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, here's a few ways that you can partner with us in this ministry. First is to give. Intentional Parents is a nonprofit and we rely on the generous giving of our partners. So please head over to our website, intentionalparents.org slash give if you would like to become one of our partners through giving. Second is to share it. If this has at all been helpful to you, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, and those that you know would be blessed by it. Third is to follow us on social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at intentional underscore parents. And lastly, if you would head over to iTunes, if you enjoyed today's episode and leave a review on iTunes, this helps us bring more hope, help, and healing for families.